the world of Islam, culture, religion, and politics. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Amin Tais. We have seen in previous episodes that the early centuries of the formation of Islam were very rich in theological debate, in ways in which Muslims ought to define their religion. We spent a few episodes discussing the contents of some, and certainly not all, of the major debates. Today, I would like to describe a little more some of the groups and tendencies that we encountered and that would have an important impact on the future of Islam in one way or another. One important theological tendency was that of the Mu'tazilites, Al-Mu'tazila. These were rationalist theologians who stressed the role of human reason in understanding God and in understanding religion. The name Mu'tazila comes from the term I'tizal, which literally means moving aside, staying away, withdrawing. It is likely that the name comes from the opponents of the Mu'tazila uh, with the goal to highlight their non-mainstream status. We saw such a tactic in the use of the term al-khawarij in an earlier episode. The sources speak about how the origin of the group stems from Wasil ibn Ata' who died in 748. The sources also speak of this group as quote-unquote withdrawing which might have been a a neutral political stance in the midst of the severe internal struggles that plagued the early community but it could also be understood as a polemical stance highlighting the marginality of the group in all cases regardless of the origins of the group or its name the Mu'tazilites were anything but marginal. As we saw in the previous episode, they were the ones who were central to the debate of Khalq al-Qur'an, the creation of the Qur'an. They were the ones whose theology the Abbasid rulers tried to impose. But they were also the ones whose theology would ultimately be banned, at least in the heartlands by later Sunni rulers. The Mu'tazila called themselves Ahl al-Adl wa-Tawheed, the people of justice and the unity of God, highlighting two of their central doctrines. A caveat needs to be introduced here. The Mu'tazilites and their doctrines were not monolithic. They evolved over time. Early on, two main groups of Matazalites established themselves 
in the two Iraqi centers of Baghdad and Basra. They shared basic elements, but were also in competition with each other. Later on, Mu'tazilism will survive in the trenches, both geographically and in terms of Islamic religious sects. But it is fair to say that the Mu'tazilites stressed five major issues. Number one, Al-Tawheed, God's absolute unity. Two, Al-Adl, God's justice. Number three, Al-Wa'd wal-Wa'id, the promise and warning of God about the day of judgment, the rewards of the righteous, and the punishment of the wicked were God's promise. And God's promise could not be questioned. God will act upon it on the day of judgment. Number four, Al-Manzila Bain Al-Banzilatayn, the notion of the intermediate position, which posits that those Muslims who commit grave sins, Al-Kaba'ir, are neither mu'minun, believers, nor kafirun, rejectors, non-believers. They are rather in a position between the two. Number five, al-amr bil-ma'ruf wal-nahi anil-munkar. Commending good and prohibiting evil, which highlights the command the obligation of establishing a moral order. Seeing these five elements as central to the Quranic message, the Mu'tazilites also based their interpretive methodology of the Quran on them. Many of the Mu'tazilites were keen on fighting anthropomorphism, that is, imposing a human image on God. They were particularly harsh in their criticism of the anthropomorphic interpretation of those they called al-hashwiyya, a derogatory term connoting populist confusion. In a general sense, the Mu'tazilites preferred allegorical interpretations when the Quranic texts contradicted the dictates of reason or were amenable to be interpreted or understood anthropomorphically. Furthermore, for the Mu'tazilites, human reason had the ability to reach the truth even prior to revelation. Mu'tazilite thinkers divided human action into two categories, good, hasan, and evil, qabih. So, how do we know which actions fall into which category? The Mu'tazilites argued that such knowledge could be reached through either reason or revelation. Revelation is surely a blessing, but reason is able to attain knowledge independently. So, for example, reason on its own can lead one to know that murder is evil 
or that feeding the hungry is good. Now a word has to also be said about the Mu'tazilites and Hadith, the reports of the actions of the Prophet that came to be central to Sunnism. The Mu'tazilites were generally skeptical of Hadith. In the domain of theology, they only accepted the few ones that were widely attested. This led them to reject some beliefs that later Sunni scholars would include in their dogmas, like the notion of adab al-qabr, the punishment of the grave, which posits that people would be visited by an angel in their graves and would taste punishment or rewards according to their deeds in this life, even before the Day of Judgment. In most of their doctrines and positions, the Mu'tazilites found themselves at odds with a movement that would slowly grow and become powerful within Islam. Those are Ahl al-Hadith, the proponents of Hadith. We will discuss Ahl al-Hadith in a future episode when we deal with the subject of Islamic law. Here, it is enough to highlight that Ahl al-Hadith put the Hadith at the center of their understanding of Islam. The Hadith was the medium through which to know the Sunnah, the normative practice of Muhammad. As such, Hadith was then as authoritative as the Quran itself. But while Ahl al-Hadith were allergic to rationalist methods and saw them as foreign corruptions of the purity of the faith, there were others who were also sympathetic to and accepted many of the traditionalist positions of Ahl al-Hadith but who saw much value in the rationalist methods of al-Mu'tazila, of the Mu'tazilites, who had established the sophisticated ilm al-kalam, literally the science of speech, but which actually is what can be termed speculative theology. Among those who were initially part of the Mu'tazilites, but who is also represented in Sunni memory as having had experienced a sort of conversion through a dream and that led him to promote traditionalist beliefs while using rationalist methods of ilm al-kalam, speculative theology. This is a man by the name of Abu al-Hasan al-Ash'ari who dies in 900 and 35. Al-Ash'ari and those who shared his views would initiate a shift that is sometimes presented by modern historians as a compromise of sort between the traditionalists on one hand and the rationalists on the other. It could however be misleading to present it in this fashion. For the followers of al-Ash'ari would seek to undermine the notion that reason can independently know what is good and what is bad. The Ash'arites, al-Ash'ira, 
instead wanted to put revelation at the center of knowledge production. Also, rather than highlighting God's justice like the Mu'tazilites, the Ash'arites stressed God's power. And when it came to the descriptions of God in the Quran, the Ash'arites generally stressed their acceptance without asking questions. Bila kayf. They did, however, try to find compromises about a number of issues. For example, on the issue of free will and determinism, many of the Ash'arites argued that as an action occurs, it is created at the same time by God in an independent fashion. Connected to this is the notion of al-kasb, acquisition. This notion that al-asha'ira stressed and which means that although all acts are indeed created by God, human beings become accountable for those actions because they acquire them. Yaksibunaha. The Ash'arites would take positions on most major theological debates and would ultimately become the dominant Islamic theological school in Sunni Islam. Ahl al-Hadith's theological positions would also continue to live alongside Ash'arism while Mu'tazilism or Mu'tazilite theology will slowly decline except within Shi'ism. In Shi'ism, it will continue to be influential up until the modern age. That's our time for today. Thank you for listening. Peace.